Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So as we step from 2015 in the next few weeks into 2016, it's a good moment for us to consider one of the surprising facets of the current campaign season, the current race for the White House that will culminate in November of 2016. One of the facets that is most surprising, that is going to be most defining, and that I plan to pay a lot of attention to and help others understand, is the fact that this is already one of the most religiously infused presidential campaigns in American history. This is a shock for many people, especially pundits who were trained in our universities and colleges where professors taught that religion was going to cease to be a factor in American public life and really in the public lives of nations, and uh, that we would be increasingly secular. Well, nothing could be further from the truth in our American culture. Uh, Little could be further from the truth globally with all that's going on religiously in the world. But it's our presidential campaign that is the most reflective of what's happening in religion and our society. I mean, the reality is that there are almost 20 people running for office, at least those who gain any prominence. I think you know that in every presidential campaign season, there are others running for president you hardly ever hear anything about. But among the most prominent candidates, there are almost 20, and all but one are demonstrably faith-based are people of faith, people with a religious view, people who have a personal faith, people who apply their faith to politics, and people who do not hide the fact that they will do, once elected, what their faith dictates while in office. This is important. And it's why I say that we have to make the candidates explain. Uh, It's why I've written a book Uh, that will be out on February 1st called Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates. If you've been listening to me through the years, you know that in 2003, I wrote The Faith of George W. Bush. 2008, I wrote The Faith of Barack Obama. I've written a book on Lincoln called Lincoln's Battle with God. I'm fascinated with presidents, faith, how faith determines what they do in office, how they come to faith, and what kind of legacy they leave as a result of their faith. And so I'm watching the current presidential campaign very, very carefully. And isn't it fascinating the way religion comes to play? There was a clerk that many of you heard about in a Kentucky county whose job it was to dispense marriage licenses. When the Supreme Court ruled and legalized uh, gay marriage, same-sex marriage, uh, this clerk, whose name was Kim Davis, uh, decided that she could not in good conscience issue those marriage licenses. And her case, her story, uh, became a factor of national fascination. Well, Governor Huckabee from Arkansas became her champion. And I am suggesting that we need to know what he believes, why he became her champion, how he draws that view from her faith, from his faith, and and what it will mean for how he will govern if in office, because he is, of course, a candidate for president of the United States. Uh, Barack Obama 
though he entered office saying that he was opposed to same-sex marriage and was opposed to it on religious grounds, reversed himself while in office, became an outspoken champion. His wife certainly is an outspoken champion of same-sex marriage. And Mr. Obama said that his reason for reversing himself was the Sermon on the Mount given by Jesus Christ, though the Sermon on the Mount means, ha, contains no mention at all of same-sex marriage. Uh, then you have, uh, of course, the very public case of, of Hillary Clinton. Uh, Hillary Clinton, years ago, uh, was a champion of the Defense of Marriage Act, which held that a, a marriage, a wed- a marriage that the kind that is sanct- sanctioned by law, is essentially between a man and a woman. Uh, her husband had signed that into law. She had defended it publicly, uh, quoting scripture verses, and then she changed. And she says she changed based on her religion. So she reversed herself on the defense of the traditional view of marriage, uh, became an advocate for same-sex marriage, she says, on the basis of her faith. Well, I say that we need to ask her to be clear. What is your faith? What are those principles? Um, what, how will they guide you? How can we be sure of anything, by the way, if you've, if you've had repeated reversals? And by the way, Mrs. Clinton, when you say that a woman gets an abortion based on her religious views, again, tell us what that means. Explain that to us. This is, this is the case that I'm making. I'm not going after the left or the right. But I am saying we need to make our candidates explain. We need to ask the question. And there are some real crises of views and philosophical crises that are looming in this particular presidential campaign and this particular particular season because many people, particularly on the right, are being pressed between politics and the views of the political right and their own religious faith. For example... One of the big issues that is looming in our society has to do with the refugees uh, who are fleeing the Syrian civil war. I'm sure you've been watching on television. You've seen that many of the European countries are having great crises about this and there are reactions to it. And of course, some claim that if you allow Syrian refugees into your country, you're going to be welcoming secret ISIS members and so on. It's a real point of contention. Well, Many of the folks who are on the Republican slate for president, many of those who are on the right and running for office have really got a conundrum here because they are people of faith and they have almost all been outspoken about the loss of Christianity, the persecution of Christianity, the Christian flight that is happening in the Middle East. Uh, You know that Christians have been fleeing the Middle East left and right. There's been tremendous persecution against Christians. Entire cities like Mosul uh, that that used to be Christian centers can hardly, you can hardly find a Christian there anymore. This has been reported time and again. So uh, we are at a situation now where the United States is looking at taking in refugees. The Obama administration has already agreed to take in a couple of thousand, and there are plans to take in 10,000 refugees. And many on the right are screaming against this. Uh, Mr. Cruz has said, for example, that we should only allow Christians in, not Muslims. Uh, Mr. Carson has said that we should not allow any Syrian refugees in. Uh, Mr. Trump, Mr. Rubio, uh, others have said that we should also allow none. Franklin Graham, the son of the famous evangelist Billy Graham, has come out in support of not allowing anyone to come in. Uh, hardly anyone on the right wants to allow Syrians, uh, even Christ- Christian Syrians in some cases, to come into the United States. 
And and yet the problem is that they have recently been decrying the loss of Christianity in the Middle East and Syria and Iraq and Egypt. It's been horrible. Um, and yet the, the belief is apparently that if we take 10,000 Syrian refugees into our country of 380 million, um, that as one Republican governor has said, uh, that this will serve as a jihadist pipeline into our country. Well, the problem is that these people, these politicians who are on the right, who are Christians, who are uh, very, very concerned about the influx of terrorists into our country, and with good reason, of course, we all, we all believe it's with good reason, um, nevertheless are pressed up against their Christian faith. Uh, one of the uh, character traits, one of the practices most celebrated in Scripture uh, is that of hospitality. And it's interesting that the New Testament Koine Greek word that, that is translated hospitality is actually a compound word, uh, phileo, for love, and xenos for strangers. Uh, the word hospitality, hospitality is xenophilia, uh, which means love of strangers. So it is the love of the refugee. It is the love and the welcome of those who are unlike you, um, which is the very definition of hospitality, a virtue, a practice that is celebrated in the New Testament, encouraged by Jesus, and frankly, commanded on many pages of the scriptures. Well, so what do you do? What do you do if you're a man like Ted Cruz, who is such a conservative, theologically, such a, an evangelical Christian that he literally announced his campaign for president at Liberty University, the school founded by Jerry Falwell, and yet he comes out against taking care of refugees uh, out of concern for their uh, potential connections with ISIS, but he's pressed up against his faith, which says, welcome the stranger, uh, love the foreigner. Uh, make room for those who are not like you. Well, my point is, if we get Mr. Cruz on the stage with a microphone and we have a chance to ask questions, we have to ask the question, the name of my book. We have to make the candidate explain. What do you mean? Why did you do this? Mr. Huckabee, why did you defend someone uh, who allowed their own conscience views to override the Supreme Court when it came to issuing marriage licenses in the state of Kentucky? Uh, Mr. Obama, why did you reverse yourself on the basis of words of Jesus, which don't mention the issue on which you reversed yourself? Mrs. Mrs. Clinton, why in the world? Would you reverse yourself on your view of marriage, which you once defended with Scripture, uh, and now use different Scriptures to take an entirely different view? You see, it's not bigotry to ask these questions. It's not anger or rage or political persecution. It's what voters ought to do. We need to know what candidates are going to do when they go into office. We need to know what they believe, what they will do, how they will function. And some of the biggest reversals in office of any people in office at any level, from presidency to Congress to Senate, uh, all of the many, many of the great reversals have occurred on the basis of faith. And that's fine. We want people who are faith-oriented. We want uh, our politicians to be people of faith, to believe in God, to have ethical systems, to believe in perhaps even eternal rewards and punishments. I mean, wouldn't that make people who are more ethical in office and people who are more sincere about what they do, uh, just at a practical level? 
But what's happened is we've had politicians make a great deal about some kind of murky, unclear faith when they're running for office and then get an office and make very specific, rather shocking uh, changes in their views and in their politics based on their faith. I'm saying that we should be drilling down into what these faith views are. I'm saying that we should be holding our politicians accountable on issues of faith, just like we do on any other issue uh, that comes to play in politics. Uh, I've often said this recently, if I run for president and I say, look, there's a, there's a friend of mine who's going to influence every decision that I make while in office. I'm not going to tell you anything about him. I'm not going to tell you his name or what he believes or, or how I know him. Uh, I'm just going to tell you that he will be standing there in the Oval Office and he will influence everything I do. But I'll tell you more about him when you actually elect me president. You would laugh. You wouldn't vote for me. You wouldn't trust this unnamed person I refuse to reveal during the campaign. And yet that's what many of our politicians do when it comes to faith. Now, I believe, uh, I, I, if you know me at all, you know that I am a Christian. I believe in God. I believe in truth. Uh, I, I'm glad that presidential candidates have religious faith, but I don't think that we as the voters should allow those various faiths that the various candidates have to remain murky, undefined, uh, unclear, unarticulated, and yet to have such huge influence on what people do once they're in office. I think we need to know. I think we need to be told. I think we need to understand. And by the way, on our side, on the voter's side, we need to invest ourselves in understanding religions better. We need to understand, uh, try to understand the difference between, uh, oh, let's say Sunni and, uh, and Shiite when it comes to Islam. We need to understand the difference between Calvinist and, and Arminian when it comes to certain views of Christianity. We need to know the difference between one version of Roman Catholic and another. What's the, what, are the, what are the big tension points between, let's say, the Pope and the Vatican on the one hand and the typical American Catholic priest on the other? Or the Catholic nuns uh, who are, I don't think it'd be insulting, they wouldn't consider it an insult, I said, leaning very uh, leftward on a number of social issues and thus breaking with the Vatican, even though they, they continue to be uh, nuns uh, maintaining their ordination. Uh, these are all huge questions, and um, we just simply are going to have to become more religiously sophisticated, and we're going to have to work to, to make religion something that is understandable, something that we can know enough about, that we can anticipate, um, and something that is a major theme and a major issue of discussion within these campaigns. We have people of faith running for office, running for president, all except Bernie Sanders, of the most prominent candidates, are outspoken about their religious faith. But what is that faith? What does it mean? What will it lead them to do? What are the possibilities for changes? Uh, what, what are the possibilities for the reversals that we've seen of late? We need to know these things, which means we need to study, we need to understand, we need to be learned, and we need to ask our candidates the question. We've got almost a year of presidential campaigning remaining before someone is finally elected in the first week of November 2016. There's lots of time to do it. There's lots of time to articulate these things. There's lots of time to ask these questions. And I think a huge portion of our American freedom, of our American democracy, and of just sanity in American politics is dependent upon our willingness to be courageous and to ask the question. 
Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. His new book is Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates, available on Amazon. Learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is directed by Isaac Darnold, who also wrote, produced, and performed the podcast theme song. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.